Hey, hi, hello, and welcome to our first episode, first official episode on the new SB Nation Podcast Network, as well as our first official one of the off season. Last episode technically was for the Blackhawks, like technically, but we had right, like we had to wrap things up with the Blackhawks. But now we're solely focused on the Stanley Cup playoffs, which is really exciting for me. It's hard to keep up. Like first round is always so exciting because there's always a game on every day, Um, and so it's hard to like keep up. Yeah, we watched three games yesterday. My dad's like, "Is it always like this?" I'm like, "No, No. it's really not." Like in the regular (laughs) season, it's like. You have 14 games on a Thursday night, and then Friday night is, like, one game, Edmonton, like, Vancouver, and it's, like, really? Like, but now with the playoffs, it's every night, there's always, like, a top, obviously it's the playoffs, all the top teams are in it, but a top-round matchup to watch, which is just so fun, but as we'll get into, it's not, it hasn't been how it's supposed to be. Even if there are, like, a bunch of games on, it's not like they're all on national broadcast, so you can't watch them, like... As easily, unless you have, like, the NHL TV package thing. All of them, no, all playoff games are on national. No, I know, all, uh, that's what I'm saying, all playoff games are, but, like, regular oh, season. Oh, okay. I was like, like wait. If there, are, like, if there are, like, 14 games, that's great, but you can't usually watch yes. all of them. Yes, yeah, no, that's, that's, that's true. what I was getting at, sorry. Okay, I was like, I was like, that wait, was no, fault. every game is on, you know, playoff hockey on NBCSI, yep. and I'm yep. Kenny Albert, yeah. Um, love Kenny Albert. Just his voice is just so like distinct. Him and Doc, like you know, it's like I'm Kenny Albert. It's like you don't have to say that. I know, sir. Um, I know who you are. Speaking of that, uh, that's like Jim Nance's voice from um, he announces the Masters. He announces PGA stuff, but he always goes, "Hello, friends. I'm Jim Nance, and welcome Hello, to the Masters." And like, it's like Jim, we know, like Mr. Rogers. <laughs> right, it's like Jim, we know. But speaking of the Masters, I wanted to say this at the top of the podcast. Congratulations to Tiger Eldrick Woods, goat. Okay, goat. I just so everyone knows that we love hockey. Everyone knows that like I, we both love baseball. Okay, but for me, golf is like my little special thing. I played golf competitively for eight years. I played for the Illinois Junior Golf Association. Um, I had a pro, a PGA pro professional guy as my coach. Shout out to Ian Grant, one of the best coaches ever. Um, I love golf. I one day sat down when I was six or seven years old and watched Tiger play a round of golf with my dad. And I told him I wanted to be just like him. So I um, got signed up for lessons and told my coach, if you can't make me swing like Tiger Woods, I don't want to play golf. So, uh, we basically crafted my swing for years to be like same angle, same degree measurement in my backswing, same everything as Tiger. So he's one of my, um, one of my idols, but I was, uh, I was hanging around today and it was just, it was, it was really cool because like I grew up watching him. My dad grew up like, he's probably my favorite my favorite athlete to watch all time. He has 108 pro wins, 81 wins on the PGA tour. This was his 15th major tournament win, his fifth ever masters. Um, It was funny. He was putting on the, he's put on the green jacket and he's like putting it on he's smiling. He looks over, he goes, it fits like, come on, man. Come on. Like, it's just like, Oh yeah. Yeah. It's made for me. Um, So needless to say, he's the goat. Um, so shout out to Tiger was just inspirational. And plus like every single white hockey boy that isn't in the postseason right now is like, go, let's go Tiger on their Instagram story. Like um, sideways yeah. tilt of the TV. Brock Besser <laughs> goes, I'm crying. I go, me too, dude. Like I literally was sitting there so sobbing, funny. sobbing. 
um, and he saw his kids. The first person he hugged was his son, which is so cool. Um, his daughter was there, his girlfriend, his mom was there, and the camera was close enough where his mom was hugging him, and you could hear her say, your dad would have been so proud of you, and that just... And someone put a picture of his first Masters win in 1997 of him hugging his dad to this year and him hugging his son. And like, it was like father and son, father and son. And it just made me so emotional. Um, if you follow Tiger, you follow golf, you know how important his dad was to him. Basically the reason he played golf, how he learned how to play golf. Um, his, his best friend died a couple of years ago, way back. But, um, that was really emotional to hear. Just be like, your dad would have been so proud of you. And, Oh, so shout out to Tiger Woods. Oh, so exhilarating. Like the Masters is the best. This like week is just the best week in sports in the year because, okay, baseball is back in full swing. Okay. Then you got the playoffs that started on Wednesday and then the Masters started on Thursday. So it's just like, oh, it's one of the best weekends in sports. So, um, shout out to Tiger for that. Um, but now that we're in the off season, there isn't like there isn't any Blackhawks news that probably will be coming out until closer to the draft anyway. So, um, and like Worlds, like who's all going to Worlds? I know Dabrinka for sure is going to Worlds. I and heard Anisimov that. And Anisimov is too. Anisimov. Um, the Ice Hogs, as of last night, the Ice Hogs are out of playoff contention in the AHL, so we don't have them to follow as well. So tonight's the last home game for them, and I think they have maybe one or two left of the regular season, and then they're over. Um, so we don't have anything to follow there. So I was saying to Megan before we went on today, these podcasts are going to be like a little shorter just because all we're going to be talking about is playoff stuff. And if we don't have any playoff stuff to talk about, I'm which not, we do, which we I'm do. I'm pretty confident that we can still. Oh yeah. No, we're going to have, this out. Oh, we have stuff that we can talk about. Don't you worry. Uh, but we got this. We got this. Um, this is also a side note, but have you ever seen that Vegas commercial where the guys like, like have that, um, the little vase and like champion, champion, champion. And they're running oh, yeah, through yeah, like, yeah. and then they put the vase back. They put it back. That, yeah. so they show it, actually, one part of it is at the Venetian, where we stayed, and then there's, like, a part at Caesars, and there's a part at Town yeah. Nightclub, and just, like, I saw that commercial, and I was like, oh, that's funny, haha, Vegas, and then I went to Vegas, and I saw, like, that stuff happening, like, I literally just saw people running around, like, screaming, like, yeah. just, that's, I was like, that's that just is, how Vegas is. I was like, that is just so Vegas, like, now I can say that, because I'm sophisticated, and I went to Las mm, Vegas, um, <clears throat> let's stay on the West Coast, though. All right, so Todd McClellan, um, he won't be the new head coach in Buffalo. There are multiple vacancies and head coaching jobs throughout the NHL um, as of right now. L.A. is one of them. Buffalo, you got, who else do we have? We have Anaheim, uh, Edmonton, and Florida's already been filled. So I think that's it, yeah? Yeah, thanks. So I think, well, yeah, I think that's... Are they bringing yeah. back? Oh, well, Oh, and the Flyers, the Flyers. The Flyers, the Flyers. Okay, good. Well, they're thinking about maybe bringing Gordon back, but they don't know. They're, but, like, like, they're yeah, not We'd sure. prefer they're not They're thinking to. about it. Yes, and Edmonton, on top of needing a new coach, needs a new GM. So that'll be really fun to follow. Um, but Tom McClellan won't be the new head coach in Buffalo. He met with Jason Botterill when he was there over the weekend. His son... Uh, played for Denver, plays for Denver, so he was in the Frozen Four. They lost in the semifinal. Um, UMD ended up winning it last night for the second straight year. They beat yep. UMass. Um, we'll get into that in a little bit, too. But um, he's expected to be the new head coach in L.A., which is uh, interesting. Um, he knows uh, Scott Blake, Rob Blake, sorry, not Scott, Rob Blake really, really well, the uh, GM there, and Luke Robitaille, who's the president and stuff. He knows them really well. 
I guess he's had a connection. They played like uh, I know Rob Blake played under Tom McClellan when he was a coach. Um, I forget where he played under him at, but there's a big connection there. So look for LA to try and fill their void, their coaching void in the next couple of days uh, here. But he met with Jason Botterill, and then after that, it was like yeah, no. But everyone was under the impression that that Buffalo was throwing a ton of money at him, like a ton of money at him. And he still was like, you know, I don't want to be here. So um, that's interesting. So keep an eye out for that coming up. Um, let's talk about, actually, we'll talk about this and then we'll move on to Kutrov. Connor McDavid won't need knee surgery. Thank the Lord above. He has a slight PCL tear in his left knee, which is really good. He's been walking around with a bandage on his knee and one of those giant braces. Um, my dad tore his ACL. Like a whole leg brace. My dad tore his ACL and like, 2009, I think it was, and he had one of those. We actually, I think every time we've gone to Disney World, except for maybe once or twice, someone in my family has been injured. Like I've <laughs> gone, I've gone with like boots on, like on my foot. I, the first year we went as a family, I fractured my foot, so I was in a giant brace. My dad tore his ACL. He was in the giant thing. So we've always had like those handicap passes. They're like flash passes yeah like yeah yeah can get fast pass for basically everything yes so like my dad so we walked in and my dad had like one crutch he was like maybe two or three weeks to do his recovery he had surgery for it and he's like walking in on his crutch and some lady came up like some lady was like do you have like i do you have handicap pass you have accommodations and he's like no like i didn't know because we didn't know you could do that and um they're like go go to city hall go get your pass. Like, blah, blah, blah. So we went in there, we got our pass and one for all of us and we all got to go on the rides on the pass part. Yep. So, um, but my dad had one of those like huge knee braces. They're just like tough. Like it literally goes from like top of your thigh all the way down to like middle all of your the calf. Way down. Yeah. Olivia, Olivia had one at one point. Um, oh God, it was a couple of years ago. She was still in high school. It was like her senior year of high school. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't They're know. They're tough. It could have been my junior straight. year, but yeah. Yeah, it's really tough. But um, so that's good that he won't need knee surgery. He'll be ready to go by the start of training camp uh, in the fall, which is just that's like God. really good news. Yeah, <laughs> it's good for them. Yeah, especially because like if he needed surgery, like I ho- I'm glad they came out and said it because after the de- whole debacle they had this year with um, Jesse Pugliarvi and like needing dual hip surgery and not letting him get it for months on end like literally being like no you need to play that's That's just that's just tough so um thank god that they came out and was like nope he's good he's fine um so that's really good to hear but let's talk about Nikita Kucherov um as we're sitting here watching the Lightning Columbus game right now uh Nikita Kucherov suspended for one game he's not playing in this game game three um he's not playing in this game he's suspended one game for boarding was it Nudavara is that his name yeah it was Marcus Nudavara Marcus Nudavara he boarded him basically it was like a dirty play I mean it was unnecessary it was like I like Nikita Kucherov I think he's a great player he's not that kind of like he's not that kind of dirty malice kind of guy um but no no that's not an excuse or anything I'm just saying like his track record shows that he is yeah, not that kind of player the, yeah um I thought it was going to be probably two games but I think one is probably fair because you're right like he doesn't have a track record of doing it mm-hmm. um or anything like that but yeah it hmm, that hit was just I'm I, I was a little surprised that it was him that did it because like we said like he doesn't have a track record and he usually uses his speed, not like his strength, to 
outplay his opponents. So it was kind of weird. I mean, the whole lightning situation is weird. We'll get into it later. But, like, I don't know. It was just very strange. When I saw that, I was like, oh. Yeah. Well, it's not a guy that you expect to do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you expect someone like, I don't know, like not even from the lightning, but like a Dustin Bufflin or like so, like a Zidane Ochara. Like you, you got to pick somebody from the lightning, maybe like Killorn or somebody who Korn does a little or bit more like checking. Dan Girardi even. Like, yeah. Who like, does a little, you know, somebody, big guy who does a little bit more checking than there's a fourth liner kind of guy. Like yeah, in Dan like Girardi's a- case, he's a lower pairing D man. Um, I mean, he's up on the, he's up with McDonough half the time. Dan Girardi is I'm like, okay. But um, <laughs> they play together in New York, okay. actually. I'm like, okay. Um, but, yeah, so he's suspended for one game, so we'll see how they do. They need to win game three if they even want to try and have anything in this series. But um, it was last year, so they put it up during the Calgary-Colorado game last night during the intermission, but it was uh, Columbus. Columbus has never gotten out of a series where they've started off leading it two games to nothing. Like last year – when they played Washington, they went up to nothing, and then they went back home, and they didn't win the rest of. They didn't win a game the rest of the series. Then it's the same situation that they're in now with the Tampa Bay Lightning. So I'm just a little curious. And they started on the road too last year. They started yeah. in Washington last year in round one. So we'll see how that goes. But speaking of, um, let's continue on this talk about suspensions. Let's talk about Nazem Kadri last night um, on Jake DeBrusque. Uh, not a good play at all. Not, it, not, it should not be in the game. Just straight up. No. And like, like, I get that they were going at each other all night, but I still felt like it was very unnecessary. And I think I actually retweeted it on our Twitter. Shout out to our Twitter and Instagram pages. At Puck and Write Shy on Twitter and at Puck and Write Chicago on Instagram. Give us a, give us a follow. Um, but it's just... It was just so unnecessary. Like, again, like, they were legitimately going at it the whole game. Like, DeBrus gave him a couple shoves early on. They actually collided at center ice. I think it was the second period. And mm-hmm. they collided hard. Like, their knees hit each other and Kadri went down. DeBrus kind of spun out and he was fine. Um, Kadri was, went... like, clutching his knee. Yeah, I think yeah. he went to the bench, but I don't think he ever went to the locker room. Um, no, I think he went back. He went back to the, locker, to the room, locker room, but he yeah. came out. He came out for the third. He was out for the start okay, of the third. That's what I thought. So maybe he, okay. Because he Elliot, because Elliot Friedman tweeted it. He was like Kadri yeah. back out for the third period. So I assume he yeah, went back remember, at one point. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I remember him. I mean, he put, he was putting weight on it, but he wasn't. It, you could tell he was in pain. Um, but now that I'm remembering remembering it, yeah, he did go back to the room. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, so they were, I mean, they were going at it all night. They were just shoving each other all night. And finally, I guess Kadri had enough and uh, DeBrusque checked Patrick Marlowe. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't necessarily think that was a dirty hit. I think it was a hard hit. Mm-hmm. Um, he just rammed him into the boards, but um, Kadri took offense to that. And well, and here's the thing. Here's the thing, like, during the regular season, I feel like watching Nazem Kadri, Nazem Kadri, especially this season, was toned down a little bit more than he has been in the past. Like, in the past, he used to be, like, a rat. Like, he literally used to be some guy that would just go around throwing unnecessary hits on everyone. Like, yeah. he was a very undisciplined player. And he had a talk down. He had a talking with Lou before Lou Lamorello went over to the, the, um, the Devils. And he was like... 
Well, no, he's with the Islanders. Oh, right? the Islanders now. Sorry, he was with the Devils before. I'm thinking. <laughs> Holy! He's with so many teams at this point. Devils, well, like Devils is what he's known for because of all the championships with Martin Brodeur and blah 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 all that stuff. Yeah. So I was yeah. like, oh, but I knew it was on the East Coast somewhere. Um, he was close enough. New York, sat, New Jersey. He, he sat down with Lou, and Lou was still um, GM of the the Leafs, and they're like, Bud, you need to, like, if you don't fix your game, if you don't become a more disciplined player, if you don't, you know, you know, shore it up a little bit, I don't know if there's going to be a roster spot for you. And he took that and was like, okay, I'm going to fix it. I'm going to change it. I'm going to be a more disciplined player, but I'm also going to know my role, and I'm going to make sure that I can, like, I can play that role. And right. he's been a great third-line center for them all year. And he was very good at toning it down, knowing when to dial it back, knowing when to like go at it or, or, or ease up. And every time he gets to the playoffs, that seems to just out in one ear and out the out other. The because he's, when, he's the kind of guy, he's like Evgeny Malkin. Like he's the kind of guy that when he sees the red mist, he's a goner. Like you can't get him yeah. back. Like he is just going full on like... I'm going to ram your face into the ice. I have no mercy. And that's how Malkin is. You get Malkin pissed. You give you put some red mist in front of his face. He's done. He's done. He's like a bull. He sees that red flag and he's like, I'm out. I'm done. I'm going for blood. I'm done. So yeah. like, like literally Malkin swinging his stick at, I forget who it was. And the Flyers. It was a Flyers player. It was, um, it was um, Racco Gudis or someone. Swinging yeah, his stick. I don't, yeah, it was somebody. Swinging his stick like. When you get him mad, you get him mad. And so Kadri, I feel like every time he gets into the playoffs, he just throws that to the wayside. Like that's just not, it's just not a priority for him anymore, I guess. And it, it's just such a shame because he is, outside of fighting, he is such a good hockey player. He's a great third line yeah. center for them. They need him. They need him. Like it's, oh, it's frustrating. So um, he has an in-person hearing in New York tomorrow for it, which, um, when you're given an in-game hearing, it gives the commissioner and like the, the um, Department of Player Safety and George Peros the um, ability to give him upwards of five games uh, suspension-wise. So that was last night was very much likely the last game he'll play in the Toronto-Boston series. Yeah, uh, I think so, so. But he was after that hit, he was given a five-minute uh, five-minute major and a game misconduct. So yep. he was out of the game after that. DeBrusque, Okay, I tweeted this too. I was watching it. DeBrusque, the look on his face. He looked so mad. He looked like he was like, murder is legal. Like, he literally yeah. was like, I am, he, he I, I wouldn't want to cross him. Uh, so no. that was, and, and they've had something going since like game one. Like, they, and they had something going all year, but um, yeah. it's, that's tough. That's tough for the Leafs. It's a tough it spot. Was, and I, what, I think, I think the thing that's frustrating to me, and I'm not like a, I'm, you know this. Like, I, I mean, I like the Leafs fine. Like, I don't have anything against them. But if I had to pick between them and the Bruins, I'm going to pick the Bruins every time because my stepdad likes the Bruins. But even casting my bias aside, I mean, Kadri did the same thing last year. I mean, it wasn't cross-checking somebody mm -hmm. in the face. But he got but suspended. It was, it was a dirty hit. And he got mm -hmm. suspended, what, three games? Mm -hmm. I think? Three. It was three. Um, But I think... Eddie Olchek was saying, I think it's in the intermission or like the post game or something. He was like adamant that he was going to get 10 games for this. And that seems a little high for me. If it was the um, regular season. Yes. Yeah. But I mean, playoffs, it, everything just goes to the wayside. I mean, it was just, it was just dirty, but 
Mm-hmm. I when it happened, I was like, "Did that seriously just happen?" Yeah. Like it was, it was one of those things. And then I saw forty three. I'm like, "Kadri, come on, <laughs> yeah. you did the same thing last year." And if you look at the two videos side by side, um, like the one from last year and the one from this year, they're in the same exact spot. It's like that top corner, and I don't understand. Yep. Like, I I don't get it. But Chara, um, I don't know if you saw the piece like afterwards, but. Chara was like Chara was like I have no mercy yeah he just started punching him into the ground well Dabrowski is like laying all the way on the bottom then Kadri's still on top of him and then Chara comes over he's like well while you're down I might as well just I'm gonna hit you I just might as well punch you until I mean the whistle's already blown who cares so yeah. that was, and yeah. he was, I think he was also like low key trying to get him off of Debrusque because Debrusque like, wasn't moving for like a minute. I mean, I think he was just, I think it just hurt him. Right. Um, well, yeah, he got cause, you know, getting cross checked to the face. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I mean, he was laying there and I, I don't know if Chara just didn't know. I don't know. I feel like if, like, I'm not a violent person, so this is probably not a good comparison, but, like, I feel like if I saw one of my teammates laying on the ground because somebody hit them, even if I didn't know the circumstances, I still probably would go over there and, like, fight. Yeah, like, you just but, go and stick up for your teammate. get the guy off of him. Yeah, you go and you stick up for your teammate, you know? Yeah. So, it, but it was kind of funny, because Charo's just such a big guy. So, when he bends over, he's, like, basically the height of Kadri. He's so scary. He's a scary dude. He's terrifying. I just would not want that in my face. No, no. Like, off the ice, he's a real nice guy. But on the ice, it's like, you he's are 6'9", so and then some. Uh, you're a yeah, large dude. Yeah, he's got to be, like, seven feet, seven feet tall in skates. He's a large, large yeah, he's dude. A- big dude um but just two more things to talk about and then we'll dive into all of the series because i know we really want to do that but um goaltender caden premu premu he is the he's a prospect of the montreal canadians he earned the mike richer award which goes to the most outstanding goalie in ncaa division one hockey and then forward kale mccarr of the colorado avalanche uh wins the hobie baker award going to the most outstanding player at ncaa d1 hockey well we all know how awesome and award the Hobie Bakers. I mean, Johnny Goudreau's won it. Multiple NHL players have won the Hobie Baker. Um, he played for UMass, so they lost uh, in the Frozen Four last night to UMD Bulldogs. Every time I think of UMD, I think of that one scene in Miracle when it's like the practice like montage. They're like, who do you play for? He's like, UMD Bulldogs. And I think it's, uh, is it, I think it's Silky. It's Silk that says it that went to yeah, UMD. Yeah, I think you're right. He's like, UMD Bulldogs. No, it's John. Uh, Either be it's either Silky or Johnson. I think it might be Johnson. No, 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 because Johnson played for uh, Madison. Johnson, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Johnson played for Madison. He played for the. It Badgers, was Silk. Yeah. It was Silk that was. Uh, I think you're right. UMD. But every time Silk. I think of it, he's UMD Bulldogs. Yeah. So Kel McCarr um, signed his entry level contract today. Uh, he will join Colorado for their playoff run. So it's possible that he plays tomorrow in Game Three. It's a little more likely that he'll play Game Four on Wednesday. But um, he's flying out there today. Apparently, um, he since he signed and he will be playing. He's going to burn the first year of his contract, which is tough um, because he will be playing. But hold on. I actually saw a tweet today uh, from Cat Friendly that broke down his uh, broke down the details of it. OK, so it says I have signed Cal McCarr to a three year entry level contract that starts this season, 2018-19. McCarr is uh, eligible. He is EL 
entry-level age 20, meaning his contract will not slide and he'll burn the first year of his ELC as a result. McCarr is waiver 28, age 20, meaning that he'll be expansion draft eligible if he plays in one pro game. So basically, yeah, if he plays... I saw where if mm-hmm. he plays, um, they'll have to cover him. When, yes. uh, Seattle and they're going to want to because he yeah. is one hell of a player. I mean, winning the yeah. Hobie Baker kind of says that, but he is his shot is unreal. It's it's unreal. It's a sick shot um, that he's got there. So that'll be really fun. I'm really looking forward to that. Um, but since we left off, since we just talked about uh, Colorado, let's start in the Western Conference and let's start with the Calgary. Yeah. Um, let's start with the Calgary uh, Colorado series because underratedly, it's probably my favorite series. Besides, like, this Tampa-Columbus one. I, I mean, it besides would be my favorite series if I could watch it. Yeah, because it's so late where you're it's at. It's so late that I can't, like, I, there's just no way. I was, well, okay, so the first game I watched, and that was, that was just a blowout. That was for nothing. Um, yeah. I watched that first one. And then um, the second one, last night, Colorado got one back. Um, three, two was the score. Did you see, did you watch McKinnon's OT goal? Yeah, I saw it. I saw it this morning. <sighs> I was like, <gasps> I got a notification from the NHL and like the title of it was Mac daddy. And I was like, Oh, so we're all calling him Mac daddy now. Is that how this works? <laughs> that's a thing now. <laughs> that's how this works now. Yeah. So that was pretty, that's pretty funny. But, um, yeah, no, I think that series, like honest, honestly, I think call, I, I think, Calgary is going to win that one. I know I said that in our bracket, um, all that stuff, bracket preview, whatever, last week. Um, mm-hmm. But I honestly think Calgary could go to the Stanley Cup final if we're being real. Like, they just hit you from everywhere. Oh, I think so, too. I mean, I, I picked them to go to the – Yeah. Um, but I think from the highlights I've seen from those games, they look fantastic, and I'm really upset that I can't stay up that late. You know what it is that makes them awesome? Speed. Between yeah, the two exactly. of the teams, the speed is unreal. And I think it's – and I think it's – like, if you've been a fan of Calgary or Colorado all season, you see it all season long. But we're, yeah. we're Chicago Blackhawks fans. And while we do have speed, it's not, like, Calgary Flames speed. I watch this – I watch those games and I'm like, is this – is this what the new NHL is supposed to look like? Because I think yeah. – like, the Blackhawks aren't as slow as the LA Kings. We're not all the way at the bottom. But we're also yeah. not, like – the Calgary Flames who just, like, fly at you. You know, like, we're right, not like the exactly. Toronto Maple Leafs who are just fly. So I watch it, and I'm like, is this what good hockey is supposed to look like? Um, yeah, well- no, it's, 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 it's entirely a speed game, and mm-hmm. it's just so impressive. And I think part of the reason the series is good, too, because I think, obviously, Calgary is the, um, like, the top seed there, but... Mm-hmm. I mean, I think Colorado, honest to God, any other year could be higher than where they are, mm-hmm. seating wise. Mm-hmm. Um, they just so squeaked just like, in. Just squeaked yeah, in. Yeah, it's like two really poised teams. Mm-hmm. Like I know the Avalanche were kind of falling off towards the end of the season, but I, I still am. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a six or seven game series. Oh yeah, for sure. And for I think sure. if Co- if Colorado keeps coming back like they did last night, like the first mm-hmm. game was a blowout, and then the second game, yeah. Colorado, I got the impression that they were like, okay, guys, let's clean it up here because yep. we're not, we can't get embarrassed like that again. Um, which I wish Tampa did, but nope, Tampa can't do that apparently. Um, no. So yeah, that's a fun one to watch. If any of you are either on the West Coast or you can just stay up late, like last night, 
last night and I had an excuse because I was babysitting really late. So I was like, okay, I, I got like this. Last night I probably could have if I wasn't as tired as I was. Oh, I was falling um, asleep. I kept falling asleep and then I'd like <laughs> fall asleep. I set my timer for like five minutes. I'd fall asleep and then I'd hear the announcer go, and a shot. I go, oh, oh, oh. Yeah, I fell asleep. I fell asleep like right as the first period was ending. So yeah. I caught the first period at least. That's something. Well, um, and then like the, over, the overtime goal was like, McKenna skates in the zone. McKenna shoots. And I like opened my eyes. I was like, what? And I saw the goal. So it was super late. It ended, I think, around like 1245 Central Time. So that would have been 145 Eastern yeah, Time for no Megan. Yeah, there's no way I was going to stay up that late. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, moving on. Nashville-Dallas. Um, first game this was game taken is by all, Dallas. This series is also fun. It's fun. It's fun. I love this. I love this series. The first, the first game was taken by Dallas three to two, and then Nashville um, took the second game two to one. So that's also a series that's tied one to one. Um, I have Nashville winning the series. Like I just think Nashville's the better team, but yeah. it is pretty fun to see Dallas like hang around and 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 be up with the big boys here. Um, I heard I was listening to um, I think it was the Thirty One Thoughts podcast this week, and they were talking about how. It was like a GM-focused podcast, so they talked mm-hmm. to Dale Tal and Jason Botterill, um, Jim Bennington, um, and they're talking about how, uh, what's his face, uh, Poyle in Nashville. The way he constructed his team, it's just like strange because a lot of it has come from trades and not a lot of it has come from their own system or from their own drafting. Like a right. lot of their players, like, okay, and, and he takes, and they were talking about how Poyle takes big bets. Like he took a big bet with P.K. Subban and Shea Weber. He took a big bet with Johansson and Seth Jones. Um, and a lot of his, like he took a bet with Fiala um, and trading trading Fiala, that is. I forget and who they Wayne got. Wayne Simmons, to be Wayne honest. Wayne Simmons, Wayne Simmons. Like he took a big he takes big jumps, but it works. Like, and then you guys, guys like Benino that they got from Pittsburgh. They have Boyle, who's a big guy. Um, they got a lot of other guys that are like Dante Fabro, who's new, which they're like, Hey, we're just going to try this guy out. He's new to the NHL. We're just going to try it out. Um, Let's try it out. We'll see how it goes. Right. But it's fun. It's fun to watch them because they, they probably have the best D core in the NHL. Yep. It's like then their top four alone is just incredible. And up front, they have a ton of speed and a ton of they like outside of Boyle and Simmons on the front end. I don't really see like I when I watch their games, I don't notice that they're a big heavy hitting team. A lot of their players are finesse guys. A lot of their players are skill guys like Forsberg, Ardvidsson, even Johansson every once in a while can get in on that. Um, but it's super it's super fun to watch them. Those games have been so much fun. I literally, my dad and I went to a bar last night for dinner Mm -hmm. and shout out to Gary um, for being here this weekend um, and taking me out to dinner. Um, So we were at this bar and they, they were showing like four, they had like probably eight or 10 screens Mm -hmm. around the bar and all of them were showing either basketball or golf and I know like the, I know both of those are big deal but I'm like come on I'm like show some some hockey here. at least one of them at least one of yeah. them yeah and I don't know if like a I don't know if a bartender or like a waitress overheard or something but they ended up turning a couple of the TVs to hockey so I watched the I watched the end of the uh 
Stars and Predators game, and it was just so good. I think Craig Smith got the overtime winner yesterday. I, I think can, that's who that was. I can check for I you. I want to say it was him. Um, yes, ma'am, you are right. If so, yes. Yes, you're um, right. Mm-hmm. Good Wisco boy, even though I don't like the Predators. <laughs> um, but I, so the whole like the whole time, I was trying to tell my dad. Even um, what was the other game? I think we were watching highlights or something from it, and I was like all excited because if they won, they'd play their stupid goal song that I, has been stuck in my head since Friday. Thanks I like to it. you. I love it. I want some more of it. Tim that McGraw, one. early Tim McGraw, just mwah, chef's I mean, kiss. It's a really mwah. good song, but it's been stuck in my head since Friday morning. <laughs> and, um, and just that one I, lyric too, because Megan doesn't yes, know any of the other I lyrics. Know the line. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's been stuck in my head. So it, as soon as, they scored because you could hear the audio in the bar. I was like, oh, my God, maybe they'll play it. Like, they'll play their song, like their goal song if they win. Not, mm-hmm. I wanted the Stars to win, obviously, but whatever. Um, But, of course, when they freaking won, they played that stupid All I Do Is Win song. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Hey, that's I a good song. That's a good is, song. It is a good song, but that's not the song I wanted them to play. <laughs> Listen, I know, I know you have, it's like, I know you have obligations to play certain songs at this place, but you're not listening to me. They also played Old Town Road and I really appreciated that. Yep. Oh, we love Old we're Town gonna Road. Talk about, we're going to talk about Old Town Road every single podcast from here on out. I for, feel it. Forever and forever. Amen. Um, yeah, no, that one's really fun. Currently tied up. They play tonight, which is Sunday. Um, they play tonight. No, they don't. They play tomorrow. They play tomorrow. They play tomorrow, which is Monday at 8.30 Central Time. Uh, so adjust accordingly. Uh, it's still score, it's scoreless at the intermission for Lightning and uh, Columbus, for any of you that are following along. And I actually just switched over to Blues Jets, which is also scoreless. Yeah, so did I. <laughs> yeah, I was like, all right, next one. That's the best part about the playoffs. It's like they stagger them, so then you could watch some of one game while the intermission's on for the other, and it's just great. It's fantastic. Um, I love it so much. Speaking of St. Louis, Winnipeg, let's talk about that series. St. Louis is up two games to nothing, which um, I have the Jets in the Stanley Cup final, so my reality bracket isn't doing so hot right now. Um, Also, my sanity isn't doing so well right now because, one, I just hate when St. Louis has success ever, and two, I I love Winnipeg, so uh, sad. So let's – I – I think it's literally because, like, one of the biggest reasons why I think Winnipeg is not doing so hot right now is they ended the regular season terribly. Terribly. Like, they... There's just something (sighs) off about this team, and I don't understand what it is. It's like, all of a sudden, they're just like... It's not like they're not good. They're just not clicking together. Mm -hmm. Like, the chemistry is all of a sudden not there, and I don't really get it. Like, these games have looked sloppy for them. Even in their own arena, which they usually play really well in... um, What's the name of their arena? Bell NCS Place. Yes. Mm-hmm. I knew it was Bell something, but I could I wanted to say Bell Center, but I know that's Montreal. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just it was shocking that they just played so badly in their own arena because, like I said, like with all the whiteout, especially like it's a small it, arena too. Like the yeah, fans are on you. Like, so I feel like they usually play really well there, and mm-hmm. it's hard. That's a hard arena to play in if you're the opposing team. But Blues didn't seem to care. Yeah. Um. I mean, I have them winning this series. I have the Blues winning this series. You know, not 
And that's what, and that's what Steve Dangle said too. I was listening to the Steve Dangle podcast and Jesse and Adam were both like, yep, Winnipeg's winning it. They're just struggling right now. They'll get it back. And Steve's like, no, 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 no. I have the Blues winning this in seven. He had the Blues in seven. And I have the Jets in the Stanley Cup final. So, but I don't have them in the Cup final. I have um, Calgary beating them, but, or no, somebody beating them. But, St. Louis on the other end of it, St. Louis has been the hottest team going into the playoffs. They've been the hottest team since end of January, beginning of January. Yeah. I just um, don't think their hot streak is going to end. I, I need it to end. I mm-hmm. would appreciate it for them to have their off season. And the thing is, but, too, they're getting a save. Like, Jordan Bennington has been phenomenal. Phenomenal. Like, and everyone was saying at the start of the playoffs, it was like, okay, he was great in the regular season. He's a rookie. He doesn't he have the playoffs. He d- yes. And they're like, okay, just wait to judge it until you see him make a save. And he di- hasn't broken down. He hasn't looked nervous. He hasn't looked like nope. anything different than the regular season, which is good for St. Louis. But um, kind of Hellebuck has been okay. Like the games, I mean, the games have been, the games have been two to one, four to three. So it's not like, yeah, so it's not like they're blowouts. blowouts. Yeah. It's not, like, not like the Calgary game was right. Right. So, um, which, okay. One second back on Calgary, Mike friggin' Smith. Um, Mike Smith hasn't played a playoff game since 2012. 2012. I know. I know. know. This is seven years. Like I just, oh, that's just like, it's such a good example about how goaltending can literally decide a series, which is awful. I hate it. But like goaltending can literally decide a series. Um, and especially with the way Columbus has been playing, uh, with Bobrovsky suddenly being like, I have two Vesnas. I have two Vesnas. Maybe I should play like it. Um, mm. I also am going into a contract year. Maybe I should play like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Novel thought. Huh. So yeah, back to St. Louis, Winnipeg. Uh, I hope that the Jets get it together. Um, I don't know if they will. Um, we'll see how they do. They're back in St. Louis for the next two games. So if they, if St. Louis wins tonight, I don't think Winnipeg's coming back. I mean, stranger things have happened, but I don't, yeah. I don't see them coming back. And I think it's I, hard to go down three. Jesse said this on the podcast too. Um, the Steve Dangle podcast. It was like 68% of teams that win game one of a series go on to win the series. Yeah. And, or it was like, it was like, I think it was like 68% and then it went up a little bit when teams are up two nothing and then yeah. it went up exp- exponentially more when it's three nothing, of course. But yeah. yeah, so there's that. And then the last, uh, the last game, the last matchup in the Western conference, San Jose, Vegas, they are tied one to one. After Vegas went down the first game five to two, I was like, "Nope, this isn't the last of them." Um, no, they came back was, and won. I think that was a fluky game. I don't. Yes, I don't know. This they also went into the playoffs not hot. The, yeah, the I feel like the St. Louis game, like the St. Louis and Jets series, and the Sharks and Golden Knights series. I feel like neither of them have been as chippy as I want them to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've been chippy, but not like. I don't know. I like Boston Toronto like, is the tough series, yeah. right? Like you'd expect San Jose. Like, that's, that's what I was kind of thinking. Like I was kind of hoping that like it would just be murder between the you know between the two teams in their series, and um, it's just been kind of. I mean, especially like the Blues and Winnipeg one. I I kind of thought it would be like back and forth mm-hmm. games, you know, like mm-hmm. somebody'd win one, and then the ne- you know the next game the other team would win, and then it would kind of just go back and forth. But um, St. Louis is kind of dominated and. Um, I know Vegas picked up a win, but, um, I don't know. It's just, it's underwhelming. Do you know what and the difference is though? Do you want to know what the difference is? Is that San Jose has had terrible goaltending 
from Martin oh, Jones. Oh, yeah, their, their goaltending is awful. All season long. Yep. And they've been missing Eric Carlson for a giant chunk of games. Um, yeah. And you have a couple guys also on San Jose still that um, are not healthy. And here's the thing, like... It's like the Sidney Crosby debate. And I know you don't like Sidney Crosby, but like, here's the Sidney Crosby debate. Like, you don't, you don't bet against Sidney Crosby. You do, like in the playoffs, like it's, and we'll talk about it with the Islanders series because they're not know, looking so hot. I don't know, maybe you do hot, bet against him. But, but you don't bet against Sidney Crosby. Like, that's just, that's how it's been. He's just been so dominant. He is one of the best players in the game right now. You just don't bet against him. Um do you bet against the San Jose, like, do you bet against the San Jose Sharks when they have good goaltending like they normally have from Martin Jones and not in this off year that he's had and with a healthy Eric Carlson? Like, healthy? Like, right now, I really don't think people are going to be throwing, like, $11 million at Eric Carlson for a six- or seven-, eight-year deal. I really don't because he didn't have a great year. Um, and that, that's due to him being traded out of the only team he's ever known where he was the captain. Like, it's, it's, a, it's a tough it's blow. It's yeah. a, yes, it's tough. Um, I mean, Martin Jones has his 896 save percentage this year. Um, I'm trying to see if, here we go. Uh, they have Vlasic has been, uh, Vlasic is, is out too. Um, as of tonight, I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah, he, he, I don't think he'll be in tonight, but, um, you had a couple guys this year that were just banged up and like Vegas, I feel like Vegas, especially when you have Marc-Andre Fleury, who's just like voodoo magic, like can yeah, pull a rabbit out of his hat. Like yeah. when he hits the playoffs, it's like, like when you talk about the Stanley Cup playoffs, you talk about guys having a switch and being able to switch from the regular season to the postseason. He is like the definition of like regular season Marc-Andre Fleury, playoff Marc-Andre Fleury. And they yeah, are very different. Difference. They're very yeah. different. Um, but he hasn't really... He hasn't fully turned it on yet, and I think he will be. He will be turning it on in the next couple games here, um, especially as if, if they're tied right now. They want to try and get ahead in this series tonight. Um, they play tonight at nine p.m. Central Time. So, um, I I have a very hard time going against Marc Andre Fleury, and I have a very yeah. hard time going against Vegas, just in the sense that like. They're so fast up front, and they have so many good goal scorers, but their defense is also great. And, I mean, talking about forwards, you added Mark Stone. That's, like, the biggest guy at the trade deadline that you could have gotten, and Vegas got him. You have Max Pacioretty this year. Like, there's a lot of things that are going for Vegas right now, and there's a lot of things that aren't really going for San Jose. Like, San Jose, I expected so much more out of them this year, I guess, and because of the goaltending situation and because of, like, how banged up their decor can get. Um um, we didn't really see it. So I don't know. That one's fun to watch too. I just love watching Vegas in general. Um, they're a fun team to watch. So, um, yeah, we'll see where that goes. So that kind of wraps up the Western conference part of it. Let's move over to the Eastern conference. Um, I want to talk about, let's talk about Washington, Carolina first. I want to save, I want to save Boston and Toronto last. and then Tampa. I want to save Tampa for last. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm right there with so you. We'll I'm right go, there with you. We'll go Washington, New York, and then we'll go Toronto and Tampa. So let's talk about Washington. Um, Megan, I know you've been following this one super, super close because obviously Carolina Hurricanes fan, you live in Raleigh. They're my um, boys. They're having they're having a tough time. They're down to nothing in the series. Washington won the first one four to two. And I'm and going to be completely honest. What's really mm-hmm. frustrating is that they are playing – not every single guy, but a good chunk of the guys, especially yesterday, 
um, in game two. I thought I thought they were playing really, really well. Their problem is that they get stuck in a hole early on in the game and then they can't get back out. Mm-hmm. Sounds familiar at the Blackhawks. Um, <laughs> we love doing that to shade. ourselves. <laughs> um, you know, it, I mean, it, it's it's got to be hard to play in Capital One Arena, number one. Mm-hmm. It's just, I mean, every time I watch a game in like that's taking place in Washington, it no matter who's doing the game, it is so loud in there. Yeah. Like, you can hear it on the broadcast. Mm-hmm. And, like, I, you can usually hear fans in the broadcast, but I feel like in Washington it's just so loud, and it looks like they always pack their games. It's like Vegas. Um, like, Vegas you can is. definitely hear on the broadcast. That yeah. place buzzes and, all the time. And it just, I mean, and then, how the, how the heck are you going to go against Braden Holpe? Like, he, some of the saves, especially yesterday that he made, I'm like, how... You're not human, number one. <laughs> and like it's it, the thing with Hopi though is that you're not you never know what you're gonna get with him because like last year he started the playoffs kind of on a rocky. I don't know. He had a rocky start. Well, they started Grubauer. A, yeah, they started. Hopi that was their guy playing. last year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And because uh, Hopi wasn't playing well towards the end of the season, and even when they put him in, I don't. If I remember right, I don't think he played well until like the last series mm-hmm. um or well, the they last went, like, two series they went down to nothing to columbus and then yeah. then they started kicking and, it into gear and it just like I, I i just thought maybe he would take a little bit of time to gear up again but that's clearly not the case um <laughs> said nope it, it, it just sucks because like peter mrazic the goaltender for the hurricanes has been playing outstanding um he's definitely a flashy goalie which i don't typically like because it makes me nervous um, when they like go really far to their crease to play puck or like adventure time, it's too much. It's just too much. And Peter Mrazek, unfortunately, is just one of those goaltenders. And it's funny because I think almost every single goaltender I've seen for the Hurricanes plays like that, and it drives me insane. Maybe Cam it's just Ward a Carolina played, thing. It is. Cam Ward plays like that. Curtis McElhaney has started playing like that. Peter Mrazek plays like that. Scott Darling. Darling, he started playing like that. I'm like, what is happening? I hate it. Um, you know, it just, it just sucks. Cause like yesterday, especially you could feel that they were really trying. Like they were the first game. I think they were too lazy in the first two games or first two periods. And it took them way too long to get their feet under them. But you could tell that they were ready to go. I mean, I, it just sucks. Cause it was like after the two Washington goals that mm-hmm. they were finally like, okay, we're ready to go now. I'm like, <laughs> you could have done that earlier. two goals ago. <laughs> Yeah, you, you've got to start just a handful of minutes earlier. Yeah. Like, maybe the start of the game? <laughs> maybe when hoping, the puck drops. <laughs> I'm hoping that them being back in PNC will give them a little bit more confidence. I think Home crowd. game one is sold out. Not really sure the last time PNC sold out a game. I don't think they do it during the regular season. No shade to the Hurricanes. I love the Hurricanes. They just don't fill the seats. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm like 98% sure that the game tomorrow is sold out so that'll be fun and pnc has been loud the last like half of this season mm-hmm. so i'm like super hoping that it's going to be like extra loud tomorrow i'm going to the game for those of you who don't know um my big first day play- big day yeah first, first playoff game ever i went to the uh went to the hurricane store yesterday and got me a playoff shirt and a playoff puck oh baby um, so i am ready to go you still gotta get me my bunch of jerk shirts my budget jerk shirt. I got it. I just got to send it to you. You do? Okay, good, yeah. good, good. I was going to make it a surprise. Oh, okay. That's fun. okay. Well, wait, 
I knew I was getting it. I know, but like, I feel like it was going to be really fun if I just like sent it to you without you knowing that I got it. You got to um, send it to me because maybe it's good luck if I wear it. I'm a big, I'm maybe, a big believer maybe. in like, like oh, superstitions. Um, but maybe if I wear it, like I think the last couple games of the Hawks season, whenever I wore the Patrick Kane shirt, my Patrick Kane shirt, they won. So I was like, I'm just going to wear a Patrick Kane shirt and then well, they lost. I'm the absolute worst. When the Blackhawks were on that really long streak in like February, like the seven game streak that mm-hmm. ended against Columbus, mm-hmm. um, I had been wearing my Patrick Kane jersey all of those games. And on the eighth game against Columbus, my mom and I went to the Dallas Stars Hurricanes game here. And I was it. like, crap. I was like, I can't wear a Hurricanes thing and I can't wear a Dallas thing because what if they lose? So I wear the stupid Blackhawks jersey to the game. I'm looking like an idiot because I'm not wearing either of the teams that are playing. And it's okay. the Blackhawks lost like 5-2 to two or something. I'm like, are you kidding me? I, uh, you made yeah. me go out in public looking like an idiot. For this. For this. I went but to... Yeah, I, I went to a Hawks-Sabres game, like, two seasons yeah. ago, and I was sitting next to people wearing Minnesota Wild jerseys. Oh. I was like, what are you doing here? Why are you here? There's one guy at PNC. Shout out to this guy. I have no idea who he is, but he wears a, Nor- a Minnesota North Stars jersey every single game without fail. doesn't have a name or a number or anything on it. So it's just a plain Minnesota just North Stars jersey? I'm like, what are you doing? Why? And it's every single game. Like, like I, I get hit... maybe a Whalers jersey, but like, why? Yeah, <laughs> I, I just don't, I don't get it. Teach but time, um, I guess. But yeah, so I'm hoping PNC will help. I think they just need to win one game and then it's a 2-1 series. And I feel like that's not the best situation to be in, but it's also not a bad one. Right. And then you've got confidence in your own building so they can win again and hopefully just keep the momentum going. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's a lot of wishful thinking. We'll yeah. see what happens. I'm not like, I'm not trying to be negative, but I also don't have the highest of hopes for these guys. I get um, high hopes. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I love them to pieces and I definitely think they can do this, but Washington is They got to prove it. They got to prove it. They yeah. got to win a game. They, At least win been, one. Like, my one criticism on the Hurricanes is that they have been way too physical for literally no reason. Yeah. Like, the Hurricanes or the Capitals don't play like a super physical game. They do, mm-hmm. but it's not as physical as like say like the Flyers or the Blues or somebody who's gonna ram you into the boards mm-hmm. every time, or even the Bruins. Um, but I think the Hurricanes are just focusing too much on that, and they're not focusing on playing hockey. Well, and it's just driving me a little bit insane. Well, that's and that's the that's the Leafs conversation too it's like last year the Leafs lost to the Boston Bruins because they tried to out Boston Bruins the Boston Bruins they tried to be yeah, tough and they're not a tough team you got to play your team you got to outleaf the Bruins like that's you got to out Canes the Capitals like you need to play your game because your game got you to the playoffs you can't try and you can't try and beat another team at their own game okay like the Bruins did that the first game the Bruins played themselves because they tried to play like the Leafs and guess what? The Leafs played like the Leafs, and they won. Last night, the Boston Bruins looked like the Boston Bruins. Let's just talk about Boston. This is Ronnie. Yeah, let's just talk about it. It's a good segue. Last night, Boston was Boston. Like, game oh, one. Oh, boy. It was, it, both games went 4-1, but Toronto won game one, and Boston won game two. Last night, Toronto looked just slow. Boston looked like, like, ready well, thought, to go yeah. and, like, just ready at the get-go. And the game one for Toronto was awesome. Like Mitch Marner mm-hmm. showed up, showed up big. Uh, Boston just kind of looked like dragging behind. Like and oh, Boston and Bruce, looked terrible. Bruce Cassidy said it. He said it before game one. He was like, 
He's like, we're going to, we're, we're dressing our fast lineup. And David Backus was scratched for game one. They're like, we're going to dress our fast lineup. And they tried to play like the Leafs and they lost. And last night they played like the Boston Bruins and they won. And the Leafs just, I mean, Nazem Kadri was trying to play like the Boston Bruins, but like, hey, he's not, he's not on the Boston and Bruins. And how did that work out for him? <laughs> it did work out. So that's the whole thing. And I think this series, this series, <clears throat> it has been the most hyped up series of this play, of this like first round because of the whole like history that they have meeting like the whole 2013 thing and they knocked us out of the play what knocked Toronto out of the playoffs um and then last year and it'll be pandemonium in Toronto if they make another first round exit to Boston not even just another first round exit but to Boston which is just frustrating um that's like the one series that I kind of just have stake in just because I do cheer for the Maple Leafs so when I watch that one I do get a little bit more stressed out because I'm like oh my god I just like that series and like Winnipeg I'd say are the two that I yeah, and Calgary a little bit, Vegas a little bit because I do like Vegas. Calgary a little bit because I do want Calgary to win. I do like I do like Colorado, but I I just think Calgary's awesome. But back to Boston Toronto. This is going to be a long series. I think it's going to go I seven. I think so too. I think it's going to go to seven again. And it's fun to watch. Like it's fun to watch, oh, but also it's like so much fun to watch. The thing is, is that, and you'll talk about this in your power play in a little bit too. But just like. I, the officiating isn't going to get better. I don't feel like it will get better. And the players certainly aren't going to police themselves. I just really don't want to see someone get seriously injured on either team. Like that's, and that's what this kind of series is. Like I need, like, I want to watch good hockey. I don't want the entire conversation to be around like suspensions, like Nazem Kadri is going to get or, like, big big storylines like that. Like, I want to talk about, like, oh, did you see that play Austin Matthews head? And, oh, did you see William exactly. Nylander? Like, I want to talk about the hockey. <laughs> and yeah. that's the frustrating that, part. Well, that's the thing is, like, every time... So, like, I mean, even, like, the Hurricanes games, like, both of those games, I just felt like the officiating was so bad. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I'll talk about it in my power play a little bit more, but, like... And I, I, I'm not one to usually compare hits because I don't think that's really fair. But in this case where you don't even review something and you give a guy game misconduct for something that another guy did just before that, mm-hmm. I don't like that. And it, yeah, like, yeah, it was my it was, you know, a Hurricanes player that ended up getting the game misconduct. And I'll, I'll go into it later. But like it, it was two like two similar hits, but one of them was shoulder to shoulder and the other one was shoulder to head. Mm-hmm. Guess which one got the game misconduct. Yeah. It's just, I mean, and even the Boston game yesterday, there were some calls on both ends that I was like, what are the refs doing? What or is they this? would just yeah. not call things. Somebody, I don't remember who it was, but one of the Maple Leafs players got like pretty badly tripped. And was it Marlowe? It was Marlowe into the board. And that's why Kadri. Well, so DeBrusque tripped Marlowe, hit Marlowe into the boards. Marlowe went down and was down for a little bit. That's when, that's when Kadri went up and was like, yo man, was it a different one? Yeah, it was somebody else. It was one of the faster guys like Marner or somebody. It was like a smaller guy and he was going up center ice and he got hit. Johnson? And tripped. Maybe it might be. I don't remember who it was. I watched bits and pieces of it because I was putting the kids to bed while. But it was just like it was just so bad. I was like, that was blatant tripping. I'm rooting for the Bruins, and I am telling you that that was blatant tripping. Well, in like game one, Zdeno Chara got away with like four interference calls before they were finally like, like, yeah, we'll call it. It's frustrating. It's frustrating to watch because it's like. And then there were times too when the Leafs would do stuff. I'm like, what are you doing? Like they they should have gotten a penalty for that, and I just don't. 
the officiating has just been so like up and down and they don't know what they're actually calling. Well, and that's frustrating. So Dom decision of the athletic put made to made like a graphic, um, and it was it was comparing penalties drawn versus penalties taken and there's like a line up the middle and line going across horizontal up the middle as well and most teams were in that center that center cross where it's like you you for the most part you take penalty you take the same amount of penalties as you give essentially the only two there's like anaheim was off a little bit up higher like they took a ton but they didn't give a ton or whatever yeah and then the Leafs were on the bottom where it was like they didn't take a lot of penalties, but they also didn't give a lot of penalties. Yeah. Uh, and it's just like, it's it's frustrating. It's frustrating because the, like, and that just kind of says that, like, with all those teams in the middle there, what Dom Lecision was getting at is that, like, the, offici- the, the officials are more concerned with making the game fair for both teams rather than making it fair based on the rule in. book. Like, based on the rule book. Like, they're yeah. like, okay, well, if I gave this team like four penalties, then they should be taking four penalties or something like along those lines is what he was trying to say, where it was like, you, they need to be focused on the rule book and doing what's fair to the rule book, not doing what's fair in the game. Like, I don't care if you, I don't care if you like are trying to make friends, not friends, but like you're trying to be good with the other team or whatever. No, you need to to play the game fair. I get it, but like, it's not right. It's not right. Sorry, the Blues just scored. That was a really nice goal. I know. Um, I'm watching. And uh, update, Matt Shane just scored. It's one nothing Columbus. You said Matt Shane, <laughs> and for some reason I thought Colorado, and I was like, he doesn't – they're not playing right now. Hey, that's, that's my first thought uh, too. Don't worry. Uh, oh, no, dang, I they scored at the same it. time. That's cool. Um, but, yeah, I, uh, I, I think the officiating has been awful. And it's been awful in, like, almost every game I've watched. I think – I think – I've only caught like bits and pieces of the, as much as I like the stars and predators series, I've only caught like a handful of periods of it. I haven't watched like a full game. Mm-hmm. Um, that one seems okay. I, there haven't really been, and somebody can sound off if that doesn't sound right, but I think that one's been okay as far as like pretty much the penalties are okay. Mm-hmm. Um, there've been a call, like maybe like one or two calls where I'm like, eh, I probably could have gone the other way. Right. Um, but I don't know. I just feel like it's just been all over the place. And I just don't just I don't get it. I yeah. I don't get it. And there's so I feel like during the regular season, like if there's like a little bit of a scrap, usually refs will let it go and it's not a five minute or like even roughing. Mm-hmm. But during the playoffs, you touch another guy and you're automatically in the box for roughing. And I don't get it. It's very, very inconsistent, and it's, it's so not, yeah, it's not fun. It's, it's not fun to watch. But um, no, going on awful. from that, let's talk about the Islanders Pittsburgh series because that is just let's so talk about fun. how much I love that. Let's talk about postseason playoff performer Jordan Eberle. Okay, yep. he scored again today. I yep. that man. I saw that. That man. Like whenever I think about Jordan Eberle, and like I love Jordan Eberle, I've Loved him as a player since he was with Edmonton, um, and then he got traded. Every time I think about Jordan Everly scoring in the playoffs, I just think every goal is just like, ha screw you, Edmonton. You gave yeah, up on exactly me. You gave up. And the funny part about it is, like, Edmonton's like, well, if we just had one more skilled guy on the front end, mm. we would be great. Hmm. You had Jordan Everly and Taylor Hall, and look 
who you don't have now. Um, so every time Jordan Everly scores, I'm like, you go, girl. You go, sis. You go. Get you, go. you get it. You go. You get that. Yeah, no, that's that's like my yeah, favorite no, thing. It's my favorite the thing. The Islanders... The Islanders are actually like super impressing me. Like I am, I don't follow this them. This entire season, this entire season has been incredible. I literally, I literally don't follow them at all. Really? Um, I don't, I don't like them. I don't hate them. I just, I don't know. They're just there for me. Uh-huh. Uh, they're one of those teams I just don't really have opinion on. Like the Florida Panthers. Like, I don't know. Unless the Blackhawks are playing them, I really don't care. Um, Oh, the Ooh. only thing that makes me mad is that they have knockoff Taves, but that's a different story. Literally, Leo um, Komarov scored today. Like, I just, I love that's it. That's insane. Like, <laughs> Uncle I, Leo. I mean, I'm happy for him because, you know, it's it's clear that they're playing well and their goaltending is, it's another one of those things where their goaltending is stealing games. Um, but I, I, they're just surprising me, I guess. I mean, I, I had Pittsburgh winning in my bracket just because... I don't know. Pittsburgh typically comes out to play in the in the playoffs, but yeah. now they're down three zero in the in their series, and it's just weird. I mean, I, I think <coughs> I remember who said it. Somebody said it in um in uh, one of their articles on the Athletic, kind of going over like a playoff preview type of thing. I think it might have been Sean McIndoe. I'm not sure, but it's it's weird because the Penguins haven't been bad this season but they also haven't been good they haven't been the penguins no they're they're just kind of getting by they're They're just kind of getting by yeah which is enough to get them in the playoffs and get them like you know third spot but i don't know it's just really weird because i think they're very off this year leave me it's not weird in a bad way um (laughs) at least not for me um but it's just it's kind of I think jarring is probably a little too. Well, it's strange there, because it's like strange. it's the strange because we've all we've known since Cindy Crosby has come into the league is that they have great postseason yeah. success. He has three cups. Like yeah. ever since he came into the league, they haven't they haven't missed a playoff. They haven't missed a playoff since Cindy Crosby came into the league. So yeah, it's, it's just, just weird. weird. It's weird. It is because like so it'll be it'll be interesting to see because I I don't I don't know I don't think they can come back. I but I don't want to bet against Cindy Crosby, yeah, but like. Playoff hockey, like it's. Anything I literally would not be surprised if they came back and won that series. I really wouldn't. Um, I just don't know that. I don't know how much I want to bet against Robin Leonard, though. That's as, he, as, he's as having a year. Leonard. He's having a year. Like I, I they don't mean, want to bet against. Like their goaltending has been really great. Their forward group has been really great. Their defense, like everything about the Islanders, has been really great this year. And I think, I mean, obviously, it's in part because of Barry Trotz. But oh I mean, yeah, he's not, he's not the only. I mean that's not the only reason they're good, but I, I think he should be in the uh, the Jack Adams conversation. Oh, he's like I um, I was gonna say it's between it's between him and John Cooper, and I think if the Lightning don't get out of this first round and Barry Trotz does, Jack Adams is his hands down locked in. Yeah, I, I think I it is. Agree. Even I if think... Islanders don't even get past the second round, I think if they get out the first round, he's got. Oh, it. I think that'd be huge. I, I... completely just... change. Like you get rid of okay. Listen, you get rid of your GM, you get rid yep. of your coach, you get rid of your franchise player and captain, and then you go yep. on and have one of the best seasons in franchise history. You make the playoffs, and now you're up 3 nothing against a team that has won two cups in the last three years. Yep. Uh, it's just, I mean, it's beyond, it's, it's beyond impressive to me because, like I said, I'm really, like, I just don't, I'm indifferent to the Islanders. Like, they're just... 
there for me. And that's to be fair, that's like how a lot of the Eastern Conference teams are, just because the Blackhawks don't see them that often. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I know the Hurricanes do, but I don't know. I just, I just don't care. Um, but I mean, they've impressed the heck out of me the past couple weeks. Um, I mean, the whole season, really. And I, kind of mad because I, we, I almost saw them when they were here earlier this season, and I didn't. Um, so that kind of sucks. But they, they've just been like stellar the past, like really the whole season. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of surprised, but I also feel like I shouldn't be because. Well, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about it. I'm just surprised. Well, and then the first game, the first game between New York and Pittsburgh, it was four to three. And then since then, New York has won three to one and four to one. So it hasn't even been close the last two games. But no, I am a Cubs fan. And so from now on, ever since 2016, when the Cubs were down three to one in the series, uh, in the oh my World God, Series, I've every like literally because of that, because of that, every time I watch any sporting event, I'm like, they could come back. They could come yeah. back because I watched the Cubs do it in front of my own eyes. So that's that's pretty fun to oh, watch. My, my favorite thing is to yell, like <laughs> it was three the one. Indians blew a three one lead. The Indians like, blew a three one lead. <laughs> insert any team here blew a three well, one lead. The best it is one so is, funny to me. The best one is the best the best version of that is, is if you say Cleveland blew a three one lead because then you could be also you could be talking about the Indians, but you also could be talking about the war uh, the Cavaliers yeah, against were, the Warriors. You're really right on that one, and I really appreciate you saying that because I forgot, and that just makes it so much better. Never forget. Um, it's just so funny. I mean, and even it happened in the um in the first Lightning and Blue Jackets game. Yep. The, they had they a three one lead, lead. And, they blew it. and it's just so funny to me. Like I don't know why, but it's hilarious to me. Yep. And I just you know I just love to see it. I just love to see it. Um, let's talk about finally in the Easter Conference. Um, let's talk. Let's start off with this stat. I just got it from Chris Johnston. I have him on tweet notifications. He says unreal. Columbus has outscored Tampa 10 to 1 since falling behind 3 nothing in the first period of game 1. Let's talk about Tampa Bay and Columbus because that series is probably the one that most people are talking about right now because Tampa is down two games to none and they're currently losing one nothing in game 3 after a 4 to 3 comeback win in game 1 by Columbus and a 5-1 blowout um, in game 2. Um, I really, I, I can say this with utmost confidence. Nobody expected Tampa to perform like this. No, this and bad, you know, at least like we know they hit cruise control, but not this bad. And you know, what's really funny about this? What did I say at the very beginning of this? And I know the series isn't over, but what did I say at the beginning of this season? What did you say? I Megan? was, I was not going to put Tampa in my bracket <laughs> I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to pick them yep. to win the cup. And because I do are. this every year, and they lose. And what do you know? Here we are, sitting down just, to nothing. I just don't understand. Like I'm genuinely shocked. Like nobody expected I, it. Nobody. I mean, I'm, I'm really not mad at it because 95 percent of the time I do like Columbus. Mm-hmm. Um, I rooted against them a little bit towards the end of the season, just you know, for the Hurricanes' sake. But They're like, I mean, so I, I love I love Matt Duchesne. I love Panarin. Like. I love Nick Foligno and Cam Atkinson and Seth Jones. Like, I like all those guys. Um, and, you know, I followed them when Brandon Side got traded there. So they're like, 
I don't think they'd be like top oh five. Throwback like to when Brandon Saad was a blue jacket. <laughs> it feels so long ago, but it was really just like two years ago. Holy um, cow! But uh, it just like I like I genuinely like them ninety five percent of the time, and I I would say that they're probably in my like top ten. But they've just shocked the heck out of me. Like I was not expecting them to do this. I literally had the lightning in five. I had the lightning in five, and yeah. guess what they're not gonna do. Well, and Adam, Adam Wild on 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 the Steve Dangle podcast have them sweeping. They had four yeah. nothing, oh, yeah. four oh God, game series. Again. Did they actually? Yeah, the Blue Jackets just scored again. Oh my God, my feed, my feed <laughs> is, is a little bit behind. This, this so. is peak comedy. Okay, this is peak. This sorry, is my dog insane. just everything out of her. Who was it? Um, oh, I, think I just it was saw. Seth Jones. No, Seth Jones passed it over. It was the other D man with him. Oh, um. They'll show they'll show it in a second when they when they, they go are into it, the. But I can't tell who it is. What number is he? I don't know. Hold on. They're not showing me his number. Hang on. Hey. Okay. Oh, here Bjorkstrand. we go. Bjorkstrand. Okay. Yeah. Because Seth Jones made I the pass over to him. Anderson Anderson might have tipped it, but I don't think he did. I think that went. I think that went in, like yeah. off his shot. Yeah. 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 I am. Just amazing. Just amazing. I. Oh man, you guys. This is just, it's peak playoffs. Like this is the it definition is. of like anything can happen in the playoffs. The eighth seed who barely got into the playoffs on the last day of the regular season is now up two nothing in a two game series so far up to nothing in two games on the number one seed top seed in the NHL in the, in the Eastern conference. Like this it'll is... just be, it'll be really interesting what happens because if, if the lightning don't make it out of this round, if they don't, honestly, if they don't win the cup this year, <laughs> everything in this in this regular season means literally nothing, which sucks. Mm-hmm. I mean, it means sad. something, obviously, but it, it, at the end of the day, like nothing. You didn't get your final goal, and that's what you came and here for, yeah. It's funny because I think I've mentioned this before, but I, I went to the Lightning and Hurricanes game last year, and it was the last home game for the, the Hurricanes, and the Lightning looked terrible i was sitting there ready to see a playoff team probably light up the poor hurricanes but no i think the game ended up being like a four to two or five to two game and the hurricanes just blew them out like and this is but this is what they do they clinch too early and then they just go into cruise control and they can't get out of it Mm -hmm. well And, and steve steve dangles put it this way when they were talking about boston Everyone can think of, like, the best teams in the league as, like, these untouchables and these teams that have no holes, but he puts it in the terms of, like, the phrase, the beast bleeds. Like, there, there's, there's ways to pick at the beast, there's ways to break them down, and that's what Columbus is doing really, really well against Tampa right now, is that they're finding ways to exploit them, they're finding holes in their game. And I, was, I remember watching game one, and the and Tampa had that four minute power play, and yeah. Columbus's PK was incredible. Like they yeah. definitely did their homework before the game, but that's just an example of them doing their homework and making sure they were prepared. And it just kind of looked like Tampa was like, okay, we're the number one seed, they're the eight seed. We don't really need we're to do any any extra. In. We're just yeah, we're just have to we could just put it on cruise and go. And Columbus has given them a run for their money. And personally, like like I feel like in sports, everyone loves the underdog story. Um, but yeah. there's also like 
Like, there's a part of me right now, like, I'm very disappointed just because there's a part of me that, like, I love to see a team go, like, full Thanos. Yeah, like, I love to see a team just dominate when they're just supposed to. Just be a total to. juggernaut yes. for no reason. I love that. Like, most people are like, oh, no, root for the underdog. Right. Like, root for the underdog. No, I think it's pretty fun to see a very dominant team be dominant. I think it's fun. So I, I, that's I why I'm disappointed just... in this series, you know? Like, it's fun to see Columbus give them a run like this, and it's just like, oh, okay, what's happening? But also, I'm like, come on, guys. Like... I, this is the only time I get to watch Tampa because, like, they're they're not in my market. So, whatever. Yeah. Sorry, I just had a moment. Patrick yeah. Sharp is on my TV. Um, oh, I was pleasantly surprised when I saw him last night. I was like, hello, Patrick. You look great Hi, this how are you? I miss you. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I... I mean, I think this series is fun, but I, I mean, I get what you're saying too. Like I was really expecting the lightning to like come out strong and I didn't really want them to sweep the light or the blue jackets, right. but I kind of figured they would, <coughs> but um, that's clearly not the case. Mm-hmm. I literally, when the game was three to zero, whatever day that was Wednesday, mm-hmm. I literally thought about turning my TV off and being like, okay, well I could probably watch something else because the lightning are just going to win. And I'm glad I didn't. Right. It just, I mean, it's unbelievable. Like, I i, I just don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, there's really nothing. I mean, <coughs> excuse me. Um, if Tampa continues to do this, it'll be, uh, it'll be quite the offseason for them. Um, and they've got some big contracts coming up, so. I was going to say, it's not even like they're going to be able to keep this team together. Like, well, they'll be able to keep majority shot. of it. They'll, majority, but... They're going to be I able mean, to go for another... Like, I'd say their window is another two to three years, especially if they get point signed long-term. Yeah, but, <coughs> but I don't think they have the cap space. I think they'll, they'll I think get point for sure. They it, they're getting point for sure. They're, it's like... It's just, it's just insane. All point, of it is just... Brandon Point is their Mitch Marner. Like, that's the guy yeah. they need. Um, yeah. All right, so that was kind of our wrap up of. Oh, we should also oh, mention oh. that John Cooper, the head coach of the Lightning, called this series a five alarm fire. So that's good. Far, five alarm fire. We're making that the uh, the title of this podcast today. So um, five alarm fire. I mean, I, that's just bad when your head coach, arguably <laughs> one of the best, if not the best, coach in the <laughs> NHL, calls your team a five alarm fire. There is a problem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, a major problem. Let's see, if, <laughs> let's see if Tampa figures this out between the next time we talk. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's do our power plays. I'll let you go first since we kind of talked about it already, but um, we can just kind of head right into it. Hold on. Yeah. My, sounds good. Sounds good. Let me get my uh, clock up here. Okay. You ready? Um, I think so. All right. Go. Oh boy. So we already kind of talked about the refing and how bad it's been, but I specifically want to talk about the hurricanes game yesterday. And again, I mentioned it a little bit, but I was so mad about it because I just feel like it was so lopsided, especially in that game. I'll talk about Boston and Toronto too, if I have time, but I don't think I will. Um, so early in the game, I want to say it was like the end of the first period, start of the second. Um, Literally, Alex Ovechkin elbowed, or not elbowed, he shouldered somebody. I can't for the life of me think of who it is. He, he like jumped up into the check and hit the guy right in the chin. Hurricanes player right in the chin. He got a two-minute 
penalty for charging, I think. And then literally a period later, Michael Furland ran into Nick Dowd and they just kind of collided. I think I retweeted it. Um, if not, I'll, I'll make sure to retweet it and post about it. Um, but he, there was no head to head contact, no shoulder to head contact. It was shoulder to shoulder. Nick Dowd threw his face back like he had been shot, but there was no contact. And the refs didn't even review it. They just said, Nope, you're done. You're out. And yes, Freeland had gotten a penalty, like literally two minutes before that, three minutes, maybe. But I just don't like, what is the difference? You have to pick. You can't, you can't say one thing is not a bad hit and then something else is when they're like, it just, it just didn't make any sense to me because one of them should not have been a game misconduct or a match penalty, whatever. And the other one probably should have, or at least have been a a longer penalty. I just, and this is just how the ref, this is how the refing has been for most games. Like aside from maybe like a handful, it's been absolutely terrible. And I really would like the NHL to do something about it because somebody's going to get hurt or somebody's going to get pissed and somebody else is going to get hurt because somebody was pissed. So I don't want to hear it when the NHL is like, well, this player got hurt because of blah, blah, blah. No, this player got hurt because your refs don't know what they're doing. End of rant. You always go like 30 seconds over. My B. It's okay. We love it. We love the passion. Okay. I just get fired up, you know. Ooh, we love to see that. Okay. Let me know when you are ready. I was born ready, Megan. You go. I want to talk about this week, social media and hockey Twitter in general, but it's specifically in the playoffs. Social media is a great thing for many reasons, and it's also a terrible thing for many reasons. Um, a lot of people can take people's words and expand on them and put them in the wrong contexts and shed them on a bad light and just kind of over-exaggerate things. And it's especially true in the playoffs, and it's especially true when someone's coming at you for your team. And I get it. People get super defensive, and they want to protect their team, and I get that, and I'm the same way. But also, I feel like there are certain steps that you should go through when you're on social media, um, especially after a loss or especially after something controversial happens, like for the Nazem Kadri thing last night, for example. Um, Look at who's replying to you or replying to the person that you're looking at and saying, okay, is this person, like, does this person matter in the general sense of what I'm talking about? Like, is this someone that I really want to get angry about? Is this something I really want to get angry about? Is this something I want to be wasting my energy on? Um, Because half the time, they're just trolls on the internet trying to get a rise out of, like, real genuine fans. And it's frustrating because they win a lot of the time. And it's, it's, it's unfortunate to see it because it's like... You you know what you know and your knowledge and you're a fan and you watch every game and then some bum who just watches maybe one game comes online and it's like, oh, well, blah, 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 this and that. And so I get pissed off when I see things like that, but then I kind of remind myself a lot of times I'll be like, just put it away. Just turn Twitter off, turn Instagram off, like just just take a minute and just hang out because and chill because in the long run, like it doesn't really matter what people online are saying. Um, It just matters like what your opinion is, what you know, and if you're respectful about it with other people, you're allowed to have your opinion, but also there's a a degree where you should be respectful of other people's opinions and what other people are thinking. Um, And so (laughs) social media is something you can easily get wrapped up into. Um, And my advice is just take it with a grain of salt. 
and know that it's not the end of the world. Very nicely put. Thank you. I just see people get like very angry on social media and I'm like, ah, I just ignore it. Like, like when people, like if I look at Elliot Friedman's Twitter or if I look at someone big that's in the hockey world or in the baseball world or whoever's mm-hmm. Twitter, I don't even open the tweet to look at the replies. I don't ever look at replies because I know I'm going to get pissed off by one of them. So I'm like, I'm just not going to touch it because yeah, I've started not to worth not, it. especially now with the playoffs. Like I just, it's really frustrating and I kind of wish you could turn off comments on Instagram like I know you can like on a like account level like I could turn off my comments mm-hmm. on my posts but you can't turn them off like from seeing what's on other people's seeing, yeah yes. and it oh some of the stuff I'm just like can you leave so and so team alone like it sucks like mm-hmm. the thing that the thing that sucks about the playoffs is that somebody's gonna lose lots of teams 15 teams are gonna lose mm-hmm. and that sucks but and I've been, I obviously like, I am very passionate and I think you know this pretty well. I get really, I let things get to me way, way, way too easily, but I don't take it to social media because I don't want to get into a fight with somebody on the internet. Um, because you're a, an because, adult who understands boundaries. <laughs> like I'd rather vent to you or to like Olivia or to one of my parents or something. And I'm, I'm sure you guys all just love that so much. Um, <laughs> But, like, it, I would just rather rant to somebody who I know is just going to listen and let me do it rather than somebody who's going to try and school me in something they don't know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, it saves you a lot of time I, and like, energy, too. It like, does, it so does. And, like, fighting with people on Twitter is just so not worth it. Like, it is just not worth your time. I promise it's not worth it. Pick your so battles, I, people. Like, I, and that's not one yeah. you should be picking. <laughs> no. No, it, it literally Twitter is as much as I love Twitter, Twitter and Facebook comments like Twitter replies and Facebook comments. Just don't even start. Don't you're, mm-hmm. you're going to get into a fight with somebody who doesn't know what they're talking about. And that's the thing with social media is that it can be such a good tool, but it also can be such a detrimental thing. And like, especially nowadays with kids that are committing suicide because of what someone commented on their Instagram post or like people being bullied and people hide like because you can hide behind the screen and you can make yourself anonymous and you can do a lot of damage and I feel like having social media also comes with having a responsibility of how you handle it um, and handling it not only and what you are consuming and what you put on your feeds but also what you're putting onto social media for other people to consume and that's kind of a it's it's a it's a mindset that you need to get into and you don't think you need to because it's like oh it's just my Instagram account but like I I follow um, a family. I originally followed them on YouTube, and now I follow them on all their social media accounts. But they're called the—they're the Divine family. They're called Somewhere Divine. They're international videographers. They're—they have two little girls. Um, they live in Utah. They're awesome. Check them out if you have any interest in like cool exotic places. They, um, their work is incredible. But they—they did a video a while ago about um, the importance of filtering and like going through, like spending time and going through who you follow and what you follow on all your social media accounts because half the time people are just in very terrible moods and have awful attitudes and outlooks on life and a lot of that can be attributed to what you are consuming on social media so if you're following people that um, like do negative things or are putting negative things out there or um, make you feel less of yourself like bring your worth down they're not worth having on your timelines or on your dashboards or wherever it is on your feeds. And so it's really important sometimes to just dedicate some time, sit down and filter through who you're following, because that can make a huge difference on your outlook for the day. Like, especially because 
I'm guilty of it. I wake up and the first thing I do is check Twitter for what I missed overnight. And it's terrible. I shouldn't do it, but I do. And so that if, the, if the first thing you're seeing in the day is something negative and something that isn't going to be inspiring to you or motivating to you or something that isn't going to make you want to get up and work towards your dream or whatever, then it's not worth having. And after I watched that video, I sat down for like two hours and filtered through my Twitter, yep. my Instagram, my Snapchat, my Facebook, and I just filtered out who I follow, what I follow. And I've been so much happier for it because I'm seeing things that genuinely inspire me and genuinely bring me joy and like things that I want to be seeing. And it's really important to do it. And especially like, it's just important to have that mindset, especially when like you're on a sports dominated Twitter, like my entire sport, my entire Twitter is all sports. And there's a ton of different opinions being flown out around there because it's sports. Everyone has their own opinion on everything. So it's super (laughs) important to go through and be like, okay, is this something that I want to be seeing? Is this worth it? And most of the time it's not. So that's just yeah. my little like my little two cents on the whole social media thing because it's been such a prominent part of my life and it will be with my career going forward. So it's like just important to have that like exposure, I guess, and like mindset when looking at it. And I totally agree with you on the front of like unfollow people that make you unhappy. I can't tell you how many times I and one of my coworkers, um, kind of poke fun at me for doing this but I if I don't like what somebody's saying or if if I don't like some like one thing that somebody said I'm really quick to unfollow people because I just mm-hmm. don't care to see it like if you're going to be negative that's I don't fine need it. you don't need it in your you life you can be negative that's fine it's your social media it's not mine but mm-hmm. I don't want it so if you're going to be a jerk about as dumb as it sounds if you're going to be a jerk about like one of my favorite teams or if you're going to be a jerk about an actor I like or whatever and I don't like it I'm just going to unfollow you because I just don't I just don't care and like I've definitely unfollowed a lot of people because of political things recently just because mm-hmm. I don't care I really just don't care that's a big and thing all of, it's like all oh of, those are your views bye I like, didn't know that yeah like all of the negativity around it too Like, I'm not even really sure where I stand anymore. Mm -hmm. So it's just kind of like, if I don't like what somebody's saying, I'm really quick to unfollow them because it's just, I just don't need it. And Mm -hmm. especially this season, I feel like a lot of Blackhawks fans, especially on Twitter and Tumblr, have been um, negative. I mean, it's not like I'm the most positive person Mm -hmm. when it comes to the Blackhawks, but I at least, I mean, I held hope that they were going to get into the playoffs until they were mathematically eliminated mm-hmm. because I genuinely thought they could do it. And people have been down on them since like they, their bad streak in December, but it's pretty darn clear that they've been good since, well, not good's an overstatement, but like they've been at least cons- more consistent and better mm-hmm. since like January. So I just, I wasn't ready to write them off. And I think a lot of people wrote them off at the beginning of the season and I can't tell you how many people I unfollowed at the beginning of the season because I just didn't want to hear it. I straight yes. up did not want to hear people. It's healthy. Yeah. It's healthy to do it. And, and like, so- people are like, oh, you're being so petty. And it's like, no, I'm looking out for my own mental health and yeah, what I'm sorry. putting into my brain, essentially. You yeah. Know? Sorry, I don't like the content you're posting. I mean, that's kind of the that's kind of the point of the whole following unfollowing thing. Is you have the power to do whatever you want. You follow, with it. yeah. You follow the content you like to see. Mm-hmm. If you start not liking the content, content, you can unfollow that person or that thread or whatever. Um, but yeah. So I think that's really. I think that was a really important topic to uh, to touch on, buddy. Good job. Thank you. I think about it a lot, and like, it's just a shame to see people. Um, 
it's just a shame to see people like like become negative or just have negative experiences with social media because it can be a really great place so those were our power plays this week oh no jack roslovic just scored i was gonna say the um the the, that's just tied it up yes well i got the notification 30 seconds later then i just got four consecutive texts from my friend Daniela and I've talked about Daniela here before and she's a huge Jets fan but she's an even bigger Jack Roslovic fan so I just got four ah 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 she's, it just continually gets more H's and so I was like what happened and then I got the notification 30 seconds I'm like ah I see um, yeah, I thought it was Kevin Hayes because that's who they were showing after the goal. Yeah, and I could, I didn't, I just wasn't paying attention. I just saw that they scored first career um, playoff goal. Shouts to Jack Roslow. But that's that's funny that we were just talking about them, and now all of a sudden they're tied up. I think that game's, I think that series. I know Seattle, or Seattle. I always, I see STL, and I think Seattle, <laughs> and I don't know why. Um, but St. Louis, I think honestly, I think I just try and block out the city of St. Louis. Um, just doesn't exist. Just from memory, <laughs> just gone. Um, sorry, sorry to anybody who lives in St. Louis. You probably not listen to our podcast, anyways. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, I, I mean they're up in the series two to one, two to zero. But I mean, if it was two to one, like that's not. I think the Jets still could resurface here that's the only that's the only the blues are just series so many penalties every time i look up it's jay bowmeister in the box and i feel like groundhog day well and i think like like the tampa bay i mean not tampa bay the winnipeg st louis series that's the only series where i like I, i'm pretty confident that the jets can come back like all the other yeah, ones i'm like yeah i, I don't can. think so tampa maybe but the way they're looking right now nope but i think i think the jets need to win the i need to, i think they need to win this game to come back yes for sure for sure um, all right, so that was our that was our first podcast going through the first round of games. Um, I'm sure next week we'll have much more to talk about since it'll be kind yeah. of almost wrapping up the first round. Almost. I was gonna say we yeah. could have eliminations. We could we could have that to talk about. So it's only gonna get more exciting for here from here. Uh, thanks for joining us again this week. Please keep coming back. Um, as we said in the beginning, we do have new social media pages for our podcast and also Megan has taken it upon herself to make the new uh, logo with uh, a bunch of cool graphics which I could never do so shout out to Megan for running those accounts and for doing all of that stuff give her some love too um, for that because I would never be able to do as much as she does um, with that stuff so um, the Twitter is at puck and right shy chi and then the t- Instagram is puck and right Chicago um, we have both posted about it, but I'll post about it again when we do make this, um, when we do the whole description for this podcast and everything. So thank you for coming back again this week. We will see you again next week. Uh, until then, enjoy the playoffs. Enjoy all the craziness the that comes with it. Best time of the year. And um, be smart on social media. <laughs> yes, please be smart. All right. We'll talk to you guys next week. Bye, guys.